Uh, today, uh, I'd like to introduce to you Jim Beely. Uh, some of you may have seen him around here from time to time, if you came on Sunday evenings uh, at least. Uh, Jim and his wife and family live in Uniontown, so they're not too far away. Uh, Jim is uh, working with Bob Weeks. I think that's a name that most of us know. Um, and uh, Jim is a church planter. Uh, he puts them in the ground and they grow up, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you hope. Uh, yes. But, but uh, Jim, Jim is a church planter. They're uh, planting a church in Shoals, Indiana right now. Uh, it's a, a Baptist church over there, and he's been working with Bob Weeks under him, uh, his leadership in that. And so uh, I want to introduce Jim to you, and uh, I think he has a good word for us today. Uh, also, uh, in the coming week, uh, weeks, the next two weeks, uh, Craig Keene will be here. Uh, and then um, on the 25th, Bob Weeks is going to be, be back with us again. So um, that's some of the things that are coming up. So I'm kind of excited about uh, uh, some of the things that uh, are happening right now. Uh, so, Jim? Thank you. Uh, did everybody hear me all right? When uh, we first came here, we was uh, asked to help with the VBS. We came in with the VBS, and somebody asked, who are those people? No, you're never going to live it down. So let me formally introduce ourselves. Um, again, my name is Jim. My wife, Kim, is with us, and we're here with Cody and Colin, also known as Andrew. Uh, when he, they moved up here, he decided to go to his first name. But uh, that reminds me, Colin is uh, one of those kind of people. Uh, he's adopted from uh, the Ukraine, uh, so he comes from abroad. Uh, so he's already pretty worldly before he even got here. So, uh, but he's really a blessing to us in many ways. But you know, he can also be a handful, uh, which kind of reminds me of this story. Uh, this boy named Jeremiah, he uh, he was not exactly the the best child. So his mother, kind of, you know how mothers have these uh, intuition, right? Well, the neighbor kind of creeped her out a little bit. So uh, Jeremiah kept going over in their yard and playing. Well, she kept telling him, don't do that, don't do that. You know, I, I'm worried, I, I, just please don't do that. So Jeremiah keeps going, keeps going. So finally one day she says, Jeremiah, why do you insist on going over there? She says, boy replies, well, quite simply, Satan tempts me so bad that I just don't know what to do. Mother says, okay, we got this. Just tell Satan, next time he tempts you like that, get thee behind me, Satan. So, mother's still not convinced that he's going to be able to uh, refrain from going over there. Goes ahead and has a, built, a fence built around the yard. Where everything works really well for about a week. And all of a sudden, she noticed he's over there playing again. So, she runs outside, Jeremiah, get over here. Well, Jeremiah comes running over there, and she says, I thought I told you to tell Satan to get behind you. She said, he said, Mom, I did, but then he pushed me through the hole in the fence. <laughs> it's kind of how we are sometimes, right? And we uh, have a tendency to allow Satan to push us into things. <laughs> so let me tell you a little bit about Shoals. Uh, Shoals is a community of about 800. It's the county seat of Martin County. Um, it's riddled with drug and alcohol abuse I think is, is really pretty common in smaller towns uh, especially I think uh, even in Crothersville and Austin areas I think we're, we're pretty familiar with that type of situation. Shoals Baptist Church um, 
they shut down February 1st. Uh, they had to close the doors. Uh, my wife and family uh, and I went to uh, Shoals back in about mid-January, and there were eight people there. Uh, obviously, they couldn't afford to pay a pastor, so they elected to close the doors. They signed everything over to the state, so North American Mission Board and state has asked us to go over and try to replant a church in Shoals. Uh, to exactly say what happened, there's different sides to the story. Uh, needless to say, a couple of pastors left, and when they left, they took some people with them. Uh, there was bad decisions made, feelings were hurt, um, and it, it really caused the demise of the church. Uh, but let me ask you this question. There we go. Does Satan want to win, want the church to win souls? I think we all already know the answer to that question. He wants to take as many with him as he can. So he is going to do anything and everything that he can in order to try to prevent us, the church, from being able to win souls. So what happens is any time a church begins to have a good movement, a good direction, Satan interjects. He intervenes with that, and he causes uh, a little bit of a wedge, a little bit of a disagreement or something that eventually kind of boils up and brews. So uh, in Shoals, that's kind of what has happened. Uh, Satan was able to get in there. Uh, he was able to make a, a, a division between the church and has caused the church to split. Uh, they disagreed with one another, and... Uh, because of that, they ended up having to close the doors. <clears throat> so in other words, Satan won that round. But we know who wins the war, amen? So, there was this church. Everybody was gathering in on Sunday morning, and all of a sudden, Satan appears before the pulpit. Everybody starts screaming and hollering, and they're fleeing for the doors, except for this one man. And he's sitting there. Satan comes up to the man and says, aren't you scared of me? He said, nope, sure ain't. He says, do you know who I am? He says, yep, sure do. He said, and you ain't scared? Said, nope, sure ain't. Satan's kind of mad at this point, and he says, well, now just why ain't you scared of me? He's been married to your sister 25 years. <laughs> So sometimes we have Satan in our midst, but we really don't have to uh, uh, do a whole lot to uh, uh, invite him in. He's already there, right? Okay. So let me ask you this question. Have you ever seen lions hunting? Honey, really? Oh, come on now. Okay, let's turn to uh, 1 Peter 5.8. 1 Peter 5.8. There we go. That's a little better. Okay. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be of sober spirit. Be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring, roaring lion seeking someone to devour. When we think about Satan and what Satan does, he can do a lot of things and, and really cause a lot of controversy and, and he causes division and he causes a lot of different things. 
Now, if we think back, we think of Satan as being a roaring lion. But let me ask you a question. Can he come like that little kitty cat? Appearing to be soft and gentle and cuddly and playful and loving? Satan will use any and everything he can to try to drive a wedge between brother and sister, between husband and wife, and anybody else within the church that he can in order to try to prevent the church from doing what we are called to do. So it's important for us to always put on the full armor of God. Amen? Okay. So if you would please in your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. Now, I do not normally use the message, but the message states this particular passage really well, and I like how it reads. One of the things that you have to understand is, to a certain extent, every translation is paraphrased. This one here just happens to go to the extreme of being paraphrased. But this time, they happen to get it right. So uh, I want to read from the message, Acts 2, verse 42 to 47. They committed themselves to the teaching of the apostles, the life together, the common meal, and the prayers. Everyone around was in awe. All those wonders and signs done through the apostles. In other words, they were in awe of what God was doing. And we too should be in awe of what God is doing each and every day of our lives. And all the believers lived in a wonderful harmony, holding everything in common. They sold whatever they owned and pulled their resources so that each person's needs were met. They followed a daily discipline of worship in the temple, followed by meals at home. Every meal a celebration, exuberant and joyful as they praised God. People in general liked what they saw, and every day their number grew as God added those who were saved. Amen. May God add the blessing to the reading of his word. There's three points I want to take away from this, but first, let me ask you this question. How often do we think about people, or family, excuse me? How often do we think about family? What is family? What is family all about? If we look in this passage of Scripture, our first point is family matters. Family matters. If we look at this, it says, they sold whatever they owned and pulled their resources so that each person's needs were met. Isn't that what family does? We work together and try to meet the needs of those that uh, are hurting that are sick, maybe are in the hospital, uh, those that are down on their luck. That's what we do. That's what family should be all about. We should be reaching out to those who are in need. And you as a church are obviously doing a lot of that within this community. Uh, we see your closed cottage and the food pantry, and that is an absolute uh, outstanding opportunity to reach those who need to hear the gospel. And that is a very good work. Family is a very biblical concept. After all, God created it, right? If we read through the Bible, we can see how much God actually puts an emphasis 
on family from the very beginning all the way through to the end. Family is a very important thing, so family matters. The second point, come as you are. Pretty much the same message as what you see. So we get the come as you are statement, not from what we see in the passage, but from what we don't see in this passage. In this passage, we do not see you have to drive a Mercedes, wear a tuxedo. You do not have to be a doctor or a lawyer or anything special. Jesus came for us just as we are. In fact, Scripture says Christ died for us while we were still yet sinners. So he didn't ask us to fix anything or do anything different or special. Christ came for us just as we are, so we should come as you are. Christ will take care of the rest. He died for us just as we are. And the last point I want to make from this passage of Scripture is celebrate what Christ has done for us. He has freed us from the bondage of sin. How often do we truly celebrate the fact that He has set us free? Think about Israel. How many times was Israel in slavery? Think about when they were released from the bondage of slavery. You think maybe they might have been on their knees with their hands lifted high, praising God for all that He had done for them, to setting them free? And should we not be doing the same thing each and every day of our lives? We become kind of complacent, though, kind of like Israel did. What did Israel do? After a period of time of rejoicing, what did they do? They went right back to doing the same things that they did before, and they forgot what God had done for them. So we need to really be careful and make sure we do not forget what Christ has done for us because that gift is ever, ever so precious. Moving on, what do we need? Partnerships. North American Mission Board requires us to obtain partnerships, and there's three types of partnerships. Uh, the first is prayer partners. Uh, that one's really easy and actually the most important. If we don't go into shoals and we don't approach this with an attitude of prayer, we're probably not going to be very successful. Prayer is our number one ally Direct communication with God. NAM requires us to have 100 names with email addresses. So if you would like to be a part of that, we would gladly take your name and your email address. We send out a newsletter. I try to get it out about every two weeks so that everybody can see where we're at, what we're doing, and how things are going. The second is participatory partners. Wow, I actually got that one right that time. <laughs> That's a hard word to say. Try it three times fast. Participatory. When we think about the needs, work days, uh, canvassing the community as we're preparing to have our first church services, we're going to need to get the information out. We need to get word out. Here's part of the problem. The old Baptist church has a negative connotation, so we elected to go with family fellowship because they ruin the family name or the concept of family, so we want to rebuild what family means in that community. Fellowship, we know what fellowship means. Had an excellent time of fellowship this morning, meeting and greeting, getting to know one another, having meals, those kind of things. He's talked about in the passage here that 
uh, every meal a celebration, exuberant and joyful as they praised God. We need to have that same type of philosophy, that same type of, of idea, and being able to go in uh, and meet the needs of the people. But we need to be able to reach them and let them know that this is a new church. The old leadership is gone. Um, I think we have a two people that are actually returning from the old church, but they understand that the old leadership cannot be part of the new leadership. So they don't have any say on how we go about doing things. Uh, but we do want to praise and rejoice and do everything that God has taught us in His Word to be able to exalt Him. And the last one is supporting partners. NAM requires four um, they seem to keep changing the number on me. At first, I thought we only had to have one supporting partner. Now they tell me we have four supporting partners. What a supporting partner is is those that will come alongside and help uh, with the funding. Uh, and you'll understand a little bit more about that here in just a minute as I explain the needs uh, that we need to meet in Shoals. <clears throat> but here's what I like to explain to people. Let's say, for instance, you have 50 families. <clears throat> Fifty families say, hey, we're kind of strapped right now. We don't really have any extra money, but you know what? I can give you $1 a week. $1. You take $1 a week and 50 families, that's $50 a week. That's $200 a month. Do you know how many cookies and snow cones that $200 a month will do? It becomes very important for us to understand in order to reach the people that we're going after, we're going to need some finances in order to be able to do that. NAM will kick in about $1,000 a month, depending. But $1,000 a month really doesn't go very far when you start taking uh, your uh, insurance costs, your utility costs, your electric costs, uh, and things like that. So we need those supporting churches to help us out. Meeting the needs and shoals. Why should this even matter to you? Okay, first of all, family matters. Okay? And if we are going to call each other's brothers and sisters in Christ, we are all family. The people that we're trying to reach are still part of our family. Even though they're not saved, Christ still died for them. What we have discovered in the needs and, and what is needed in shoals, there are no youth ministries. They keep telling us, from the sixth grade down, there's nothing. In fact, the only playground in Shoals is at the school, and it's on the other side of town. So you've got to walk down Highway 50, which is probably not the best thing, especially you start getting into kindergarten, first grade levels. Okay? So then you've got the problem with the drug and alcohol abuse situation. What do kids there they have no playground. They have nothing else to do. What is being modeled for them? They, if they don't have positive role models, they're going to do the same thing as their parents. So we need to put into that community a positive role models so that we can try to take away from the work that Satan is doing through the drug and alcohol abuse that's in there and through the children be able to hopefully reach their parents. The second thing is the teen mothers. Teen mothers, and there's a multitude of teen mothers there that suggest that the teen ministry there is also failing. So we need to be able to reach out to the teenagers. 
So it's, it's a very important ministry. And the last one is the young mothers group. How many of us as young parents really know what we're doing without the advice of someone else? This makes life a little bit tough. Well, when all you have modeled for you is the drug and alcohol abuse, then you're not getting a very good role model and parenting then becomes a greater challenge and you fall into the same circular type situation. So we can affect that community by reaching through the kids. Now, back to the dollars and cents things of this. If we put a dollar tag on what children can bring into us, that's probably going to be about zero. They don't have jobs. If we're going to affect that community, we need to start with the kids. So that means there's no income for the church. Uh, Aside from what the North American Mission Board will be able to provide and what our supporting churches will be able to provide for us. As for me, I work at Cummins. I don't need an income. Okay? I'm not looking for an income for me. All I'm looking for is a way to be able to reach children that need positive role models. Scripture tells us where your treasure is, there also your heart is. So if we want to take away these little victories that Satan's getting, we need to make a stand. And we can do so beginning with the children. I'm not a big on statistics kind of a person, but the statistics show that by the time a person reaches the eight year, 18 years of age, that the odds of them giving their life to Christ are so diminished or greatly reduced that the likelihood of their ever coming to Christ is practically zero. It drops really fast, especially when you start getting into the 25 and 30 year old range. However, children have the greatest influence on their parents. So in order for us to reach out, we need to reach out to those that we can. So if you would, let's bow for a word of prayer. Great and glorious Father in heaven, we are so grateful that you love us. We're so thankful that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross to save us from our sins. Lord, we'll never be able to repay that debt. But we can change the lives and provide positive role models for those that are in need. Help us, Lord, to be able to witness for you, to be bold, uh, to be able to boldly proclaim your gospel truth. We thank you and praise you, Father, for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. And we thank you for sparing us and saving us from a life that would be less fortunate. Uh, Again, Lord, we just thank you and praise you. For it's in your Son's holy name we pray. Amen. So today, if you feel the need, if you feel that your place is in heaven. Maybe you haven't given your life to Christ yet. Or maybe you need to rededicate your life. You should come forward. Because there's no greater a chance than right here, right now, than to give your life to Christ. I think we have a song of invitation. We think about what Christ has done for us. I'll be standing up here. Uh, There's other leadership uh, sitting around.
If you would like to be prayed for or prayed with, uh, then come on forward and we'll be happy to do so. Thank you and God bless. Come as you are.